buying behavior has changed. Prospects don't click on links and emails anymore, and they don't watch the videos you spend hours creating every week. Instead, send personalized gifts and memes using Vidyu. You can quickly create engaging, personalized content that immediately grabs your prospect's attention, helps you stand out in the inbox, and does it all without forcing them to click anything or go anywhere. Head over to vidyou.io slash salescast to sign up for free and spend less time getting your messages across and more time selling. In the world of sales, you either sink, swim, or break through to the next level. My name's Colin Mitchell, and this is Sales Transformation, a new kind of sales show designed to bring you through the epic, life-changing moments of elite sellers so you can experience your own sales transformation. All right, welcome to another episode of Sales Transformation. I'm super excited to have Hannah Pryor back for round two uh, with the new format. We're going to dig into more of her story, her experience. Hannah is, Pryor is an award-winning keynote speaker, trainer, coach, and is known for her ability to improve the performance, habits, and actions of hungry high achievers. So I know there's going to be tons of learning lessons in her experience, and I'm excited to have her back for a second time. Hannah, welcome back to the show. Thank you for having me back. I think when you get invited back, that's like a I've made it kind of moment, right? Like I didn't screw up too badly the first time. So thank you for yeah, having it means me back. That you definitely crushed it the first uh, time. And there was it was so much fire that we had to have you back for a second. Ah, uh, thank you. Now my head will not fit out the door, but thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> Yeah, there's only, I can count how many people we've had back uh, for a second time on one hand. So this is not a, it's not a regular thing that happens. Hey, your check is in the mail. Thank you. Thank you. Very nice. So this time it's a little different. We, last yep. time you dropped tons of knowledge uh, around the work that you do and tons of tips and things like that. But today we're going to spend a little bit more time learning a little bit more about Hina and your story and your experience. Mm -hmm and maybe some of your own transformation, um, and we can share those experiences as, as learning lessons for the listeners. So let's just jump right in to the beginning and like, when did you first get into sales? What were you doing? And like, let's dig into there and then see where it goes. Sure. Um, when did I first get into sales? I got actually start a tiny bit before that. So okay. I am the firstborn daughter of immigrant parents. So my dad was born in India. My mom was born in Pakistan. I was born in Wilmington, Delaware, but you know, first first one of immigrant parents. And my first life was I worked in the big four in public accounting. So I was an auditor. I was a finance mm. major at University of Delaware. Um, Ernst and Young, my first job, they paid for me to get a master's in accounting. And so all of that context is important because I made my immigrant parents very happy. You know, I landed mm. the big company with all the name recognition, mm. the prestige, the financial stability. You know, audit is very mm. stable. And also very boring, not not for me, not <laughs> not for my personality. But there was a period of my life there for a very long time where I needed to make my parents proud. You know, they they had worked yeah. their butts off as immigrants to give me a, a college experience and to make sure that I was well set for my professional life, and I did not want to squander that. So leaving that company to take my first sales position, which was in staffing, um, finance mm. and accounting staffing, was one of the hardest things I actually had to ever say to my parents. 
because I knew mm. that their immediate reaction was going to be fear. And is this a safe, stable place? Um, I mentioned staffing, I mentioned K-Force and they said, what and who, <laughs> right? Like EY, this is the big global, everybody knows their name. I, I don't know who these people are. And I just, I had to say, hey, trust me on this one. Like, I, I think there's something here. I think I can be really good at this. And luckily they did. So that was my first step into sales. And uh, it was a pivot because I had done accounting. So I moved into finance and accounting sales, so to speak. Mm. So how, how long did you stick it out uh, at the first job there, making the parents <laughs> proud? <laughs> Two and a half years. Uh, to be fair, anyone who knows public accounting or audit, um, every large company in that period of time, a public company had to go through something called Sarbanes-Oxley or SOX. And so most people who sign up for public accounting work, you know, January, February, March is busy season where you work extra hours and then the rest of the year is sort of manageable. I worked a year round busy season for two years, mm. which looking back was extremely painful, but also gave me a hell of a work ethic entering my sales career. Mm. So, okay. And so talk talk to me a little bit about like uh how you know how you said it was extremely difficult to tell your parents that like i'm going to go mm -hmm. now get into sales and everybody mm -hmm. has this most people have this like such negative association with sales just generally mm -hmm. like it's a dirty word and like they maybe had an experience with a overly aggressive salesperson or a horrible experience of somebody you know being dishonest or persuading them or something where they're like why why that? Why would you get yeah. into that? So talk me through that a little bit. Yeah, uh, especially so for immigrant parents. And I don't want to overly right. generalize. I think, you know, you can be immigrants from a variety of countries. But a couple of things come to mind. Again, financial stability was a big concern of my parents. So growing up, um, there was no forcing me into any career, but there was a lot of gentle, loving nudges of doctor, lawyer, engineer, right? Like, which, which one are you going to choose? And so mm -hmm. I was like, Finance, you know, is that on the, is that on the table? So it, luckily, I, I escaped the fate of those three, which didn't interest me as much, and landed in one that felt a little better. But as immigrants, South Asian immigrant parents, the associations with sales are, you know, I hate to say exactly the stereotype you imagine on TV of you know the haggling at the marketplace mm -hmm. and everybody undercutting each other on price, nobody really caring about value, you know, putting yourself out there really aggressively and awkwardly only to be told no or only to be you know taken advantage of. These were the sales narratives understandably and correctly that my parents grew up with and right. that didn't seem like a very, I don't want to use the word professional, but it didn't seem like the environment in which they wanted their daughter to create a career. And so there was some convincing required about, I'm not going to do it like that. You know, that's that's mm. one style of sales, you know, bizarre marketplace, used car salesman style sales yeah. is one is one modality that I don't subscribe to. I think I can do this in a way that I talk to people and am consultative and in relationship building and it's going to feel really good and I'm actually going to add a lot of value. And so luckily again, you know, they were they were on edge about the idea of it, but they trusted me enough and I had you know, gotten all the good grades and gotten into the good schools and I think they thought okay, she's yeah. she's never really let us down yet. We don't have any reason to believe she couldn't do what she says she's going to do, so let us know how it goes, you know, if it doesn't work. Yeah. 
Accounting's always there. We'll go right back. That, that was your first sales success right there. Yeah. Selling I sold them my on the idea yeah. of you yeah. getting into sales. I had to do that and I had to sell them into the fact that I wanted to marry a white boy, but that's a conversation for another day. Ooh, that's a, that's a different podcast. <laughs> that's a, yeah, yeah. White boy with tattoos, but that's a conversation for another day. Yeah, yeah. We, we might have to have you back for round three for that one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They love him now. Um, the spo spoiler is they're obsessed with him now, but... Yeah, yeah. All right. So, all right. So, talk to me about like, okay, so you, you, you went into this already thinking like, hey, here's kind of what, you know, my parents think salespeople are and I'm going to be different and I'm going to do things this particular way. And, you know, walk me through sort of, sort of like your transformation of like accounting mm -hmm. uh, with, to sales, which is like a totally different type of job and skill sets. And was yeah. there anything, you know, one thing you mentioned is you picked up like really intense work ethic in mm -hmm. your accounting role, which kind of flowed over to, you know, your sales yeah. role, which I think served you really well. Um, but was there anything that you really had a hard time with, like in the beginning in your first sales role? Sure. Uh, yeah. I think there's a couple of things that carried over well, and then there was a bunch of things that were brand new. So I'll, I'll let me start with what carried over well. So the work ethic for sure. Um, mm -hmm. Something I just honestly, I just thought of is when you're an audit specifically within the accounting realm. So auditors essentially are tasked with reviewing the financials of other companes and telling them what they did wrong, right? Like, it does, you know, these numbers are incorrect. You have to fix these. Yeah. And so there yeah. is a big component of winning mm. your clients over, right? You want them to think, here, I'm here to support you. I'm here with you to help you. I'm not just here to bother you and tell you what you yeah. did wrong. So there was an element of winning people's affection and friendship yeah. within that previous job that I think really was something I could bring over as well. What I was not prepared for at all was abject rejection over and over. Mm -hmm. um, I was not prepared for people to have preconceived notions of me before I even opened my mouth. That was something that was new to me. Um, and I also don't think I was fully prepared for the way people do this job differently and mm -hmm. how much time and intention it takes to find your way of doing the job. So mm. I'll give you some context for that. My first boss, I love him to death, great guy. His name is Andy. And he was a true Mad Men era sales guy, right? Like control the conversation, manage mm -hmm. their objections. You know, this is how you yeah. need to be closing. These are the words that you should say. And again, I'm grateful for his guidance. I think he was a big part of my success early on. But I remember week two being like, I'm not saying that. Like that mm. cannot come out of my mouth. That's not who I am. That's not how I talk. That's that's not me. And luckily I'm extroverted and stubborn. So I pushed back pretty hard. I said, Andy, let me try it my way. If it doesn't work, I'll try it your way. But that was, that was always, anytime I wanted to do something differently, let me try it my way. If it doesn't work, I'll try it your way. Most of the time it worked, that, you know, my way worked. Yeah. 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 All right. So I want to, I want to touch on a couple things that you mentioned and then I want to dig into that too, because that's yeah. super valuable. You got to know how to, um, you know, you got to know how to champion for yourself in your mm -hmm. sales role. And even like two weeks in to be that bold to push <laughs> back is huge because so many sellers are like, oh, sure, you know, I'll do whatever way you say I should do this thing. And if it doesn't feel right, you're not going to do it well. No, um, no. And so I want to go back to one thing that you mentioned, right? Is so in your accounting 
uh, role, like having, um, you know, winning over your clients through giving them this information, which is a skill that you said that sort of carried over. Um, but I think it's even deeper than that. Like ha- being, having the experience of like having uncomfortable conversations yeah. mm-hmm. with people in like, Hey, these numbers are wrong. Or why did you do that? I mean, I don't know accounting enough to really talk yeah. about it at any extended length, but I'm just thinking about like, that's a really good skill that, can help a lot of sellers excel is like being comfortable, challenging your prospects, asking better questions, being, you know, willing to have uncomfortable conversations to win their trust, you know, to move mm-hmm. deals forward is like an essential skill to sell success. And I think that that's something that clearly you had, you know, experience in that, you know, helped you in your sales role. Yeah, I, 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 I will honor and uh, receive and agree with that. And, and I would also yeah. add, I think some people are wired with a relentless curiosity in general. You know, my our mutual friend Casey Jaycox. You know, we talk a lot mm-hmm. about curiosity as a as a huge skill in sales. But I would say I've always been fascinated by people and what makes them tick. So the words coming out of your mouth, the way you show up, I don't believe that that's what you believe or who you are, mm-hmm. and I kind of never have. So I've always been interested in getting behind the curtain. And I think that curiosity, that desire to, you know, excavate for what's what's behind that resistance or why don't you want to give me that report or why do, why, why are you getting upset with me about this? Can we talk about that for yeah. a second? You know, that started with me early on. It To be frank, it probably stems from people pleasing and wanting people to mm. like me. And I knew that a an avenue to get there was to ask questions and not to be combative. But that skill set, that nurturing of that asking of questions and mining for what was beneath the thing, that served me throughout my career. Yeah, yeah. I mean, curiosity is is huge, and that's a that's a really hard thing for a lot of sellers, especially early on, of not just taking like the surface level answers, um, you know, and 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 trying to move forward with you know that little bit of information, Mm -hmm. like your clients, your prospects, people typically have that sort of first response or, you know, and, and there's always opportunity to go deeper or ask, you know, better follow-up questions to really understand not just like what they're saying, but like why they're saying it. Yeah. We're, we're not conditioned for it. I always have to remind people of that. We're not conditioned for it. In school, we are conditioned towards having the right answer, having value. Yeah. And I would go so far as to say the people that did express curiosity and throw up their hand were like, oh, there goes Nathan again with another damn question. Like, we're just trying to get out of class, right? Mm. You know, we yeah. condemned those people. We made fun of those people. And mm. it's undoing years of systemic yeah. educational conditioning and training to now say the person who has the multiple choice answer or the true or false, that person's not necessarily the one who we want to assign the most value to. It's Nathan over here. Sorry, I don't like Chad, Brad, Nathan. I don't mean to just throw out all the, <laughs> the names of people I grew up with, but that's, that is the person who's killing it in sales right yeah. now. The person that's not taking everything at face value, but we have to rewire our conditioning around that. And it's hard to do. Yeah. Cause it's uncomfortable. Yeah. And it's right. And, and it's slowing us down too. We need to slow down. And most people don't want to do that either. Not in this industry. No, people are so quick to try to get the deal to the next stage where mm-hmm. if they just spent a little bit more time on where it's at, yeah. they might realize this deal is never going to go anywhere. 
Right. Or if it does, that it's going to be a one trick pony and that longer term relationships not going anywhere. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, And and it's uncomfortable to to ask, you know, these better questions or um, uncomfortable things that uh, with your prospects that were so conditioned, like you mentioned um, previously, like not to not do that. Right. And so there's there's something to be said about really like if there's something in your sales role, whether it's this or something else and it's uncomfortable, it's like it means you need to do it more until it gets comfortable. It's, uh, I love that you said that because this is, so I'm doing research right now for my first TEDx talk. And one of the things that I have realized and I can now point to has been a huge factor of my success is the desire to seek out the uncomfortable. So mm. not, not just react to it when it arrives at my doorstep and not just to be in the discomfort that is given to me and and address it as it's there but to actually go seek it out and practice what it feels like to be god awful at something or to practice what it feels like to suck at something or to practice what it feels like to feel awkward as all hell mm. you know using a certain mm. phrase for whatever twisted reason and i'm sure i could mm. talk to therapists about this i i love that I live for these edgy, you know, at at my comfort zone moments. And Mm. that is underrated and under talked about this intentional seeking of discomfort to condition the muscle of discomfort. So when you need it, it's not a beginner's muscle, right? You don't pick up a hundred pound weight with one hand when you've never lifted a weight before. It's going to hurt. It's going to hurt bad but it'll hurt less if you've been weight training, right? So right. same same idea. And the research that's coming out now, it's really interesting. It all supports this idea. So how does someone, I love this by the way, and mm-hmm. I think we're even more similar than, than I thought in, <laughs> in that regard, because I just yeah. love difficult stuff and challenging. Like if it gets mm-hmm. too easy, it gets boring. And then yes. I'm like, okay, what, what else can I do? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm with you, yeah. yeah. Probably why I've started four companies and have kid number four on the way. So, <laughs> yeah, you're really okay. That's next level of keeping your life uh, busy and yeah, variety. Like, but most people would just, you know, put on cruise control and be like, "Hey, yeah. things are good." And I'm like, "I'm bored. I need yeah. a challenge." You know. But yeah. so I'm curious, you know, based on the research that you're doing and, and mm-hmm. sort of this practice, which I think could be so beneficial to so many sellers. How do you go about seeking out things that are uncomfortable rather than just like waiting for them to show up and then shying away from them or being reactive, which is what most people do. So how do you like start yeah. to process like what things do I make make me uncomfortable? Mm-hmm. What are those and how can I start to get comfortable with them? Yeah, uh, I'll try not to I'll try not to nerd out too heavily and get into the science. I'll keep it like high level nerding out. But yeah. there is increasing amounts of data. So neurobiology, neuroscience has gotten really, really far in this space lately. And one of the things that we've learned, and you know, if anybody studies cell psychology, you probably know this, but fear and anxiety of what an uncomfortable situation might feel like actually mm-hmm. registers in the exact same part of the brain as being in the uncomfortable conversation. So when you're actually in the situation and dealing with it in real time, or you're just anticipating being in the situation, it actually activates Mm -hmm. the exact same part of the brain. So that fear and anxiety in the actual incidents 
literally feels the same to the body and to the brain. Mm -hmm. It's activated in the same area. So the idea is with anything, you know, if you want to become less knocked over by a horror movie, the more you watch horror movies, the more you condition yourself to not have the extreme reaction when somebody accidentally shows you a horror movie, right? Or I don't know if that was the greatest yeah. example, but if you walk into a horror movie. Um, so what what I love is um, there's, there's a couple ways to do it, but one of them is I have my clients do, uh, make a list of unreasonable requests. So every mm. day for 30 days, I want you to help, you know, we'll co-create a list of requests that you can make that you would deem unreasonable. So I'll give you an example. You go to Starbucks every morning, you order your mocha latte, right? Um, let's just say after you get your mocha latte, you're like, you know what? I really wanted a pump of vanilla syrup, but I already paid and I know that costs extra. It's going back to the barista and saying, listen, I know I already paid, but can you throw in a pump mm. of vanilla syrup? <laughs> Something silly. I love this. I love so this. I love it's this. silly, but yeah, it's a, a little uncomfortable, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, and this is, I mean, people have such a, I guess I never realized how difficult that is for some people. Right. And I think I've just been that way for so long that I Me sort too. of take it for granted. Um, yeah. I'll give you an example. Like last week we were at soccer for my son and there was one and um, I don't, I'm not coaching my son this year. I'm coaching my daughter um, and the coach on my son's soccer team. You know, he clearly doesn't like confrontation or uncomfortable situations because mm -hmm. there's been a few things that happened where I felt he should have spoke up and he didn't. And this particular time, there was one kid on the other team and they're, you know, they're six and seven years old. That was just constantly pushing and elbowing all of the kids on our team. And, uh, and I said something to the coach and he still chose not to speak up. So eventually I had to get up and I had to go tell the other coach. I'm like, look, number six on your team keeps pushing and shoving everybody on our team. And like, somebody's going to get hurt. Like you really should have a talk with him. Yeah. And my wife was like, Hey, that's like not your place to do that. And I'm like, somebody's got to speak up. To? I would have done like, the same well, thing. <laughs> you know, his coach didn't want to do that. And I'm like, mm -hmm. yeah, that's. And I, and it kind of baffled me. I'm like, I don't understand why that was like, not a big deal to just go yeah. let this coach know that. And you know, that's an example, but you know, I'm the same way. Like if I get yeah. something and I don't enjoy it, I have no problem politely saying, Hey, you know, I don't right. really care for this. Could I get something else? And most people will just sit there and either not eat or eat something that they don't like. Right. Right. I think, I think what you just said, Colin is really important because this unreasonable requests lists it exists on a continuum. So for you, the Starbucks example of just can I get a quick pump of vanilla syrup, yeah. that's that wouldn't even be on your list because that's too easy for you, right? So for yeah. you, if we were to help you lean into that growth edge of embracing really uncomfortable conversations, it would be something more like what you just shared, which is maybe I wouldn't jump to do that immediately, but that is mm. a little closer to your edge, but that is a continuum. For some people, the sending back the undercooked you know, chicken or I, I talked to a, a friend the other day who was in another country and ordered what she thought was a, a water, but it was bubbly and she hates bubbly water, but she wouldn't send it back. And she's like, and I just drank it and it was awful. And I'm thinking, mm -hmm. why on earth? Why on earth did you yeah. drink it? But you know, this, this exists on a continuum. So I think the first step is for someone to identify what's my threshold, right? When do I yeah. tap out when it gets hard and how do I start conditioning at that level of muscle so that I am extra prepared to go in guns blazing when the time comes. 
Yeah. And so like the coffee example, there's like a good, safe, comfortable Mm -hmm. starting off point for some people. Like if you're listening to this and like you would, you know, just drink that coffee or throw it away and not say anything. This is an opportunity for you to start flexing that muscle of dealing with uncomfortable situations. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, you know, maybe down the road when you're at a soccer game, you can be like me and speak (laughs) speak up or or better yet, the next time you're in a call with a prospect or a customer and like you're naturally would bite your tongue or not say something, you could tactfully speak up and say something because you've been flexing that muscle. Yeah. And, and to be clear, there are going to be people in your orbit that might be appalled by this. Right. So there's some things that I've done and my husband is like, Jesus, Hannah, like, did you really just, you know, I'll give you a super fast example. We were in San Francisco. We had tickets to go to Muir Woods, the Redwoods, but we had to get our rental car back before our tickets. And I'm like, we need to get in there earlier. And I go to the guy at the front and he's like, no, I'm sorry. Like, this is your ticket time. We're full. And I looked at my husband. I said, oh, we're getting into Muir Woods. Right. So Mm -hmm. we talked to one other guy, one other guy. I offered to pay this other guy. We got into Muir Woods is the short answer. But he's like, God, Hannah, like what? He said, I'm conditioned yeah. for this. I've been training for this my whole life. Yeah. Like I want it. I'm going to get like it. Yeah, I'm sure yeah. you do. Yeah. But it is, but yeah. it is something that is a cumul- a cumulative effect. Some, there's some natural wiring. I don't want to dismiss that, but there's also conditioning to not being afraid of the worst that can happen. Yeah. And, and even, and let's just like, take it back to like a, a like a sales experience, right? Like, when you're able to do that, you're going to build better relationships. Yeah. You're going to build more trust, more rapport, and it's like a clear evidence that you are confident in what yeah. you do. Yeah. And yeah. like those that recipe right there is going to separate you from all the average sellers that maybe your prospects are used to talking to on a regular basis. Yeah, and and not being afraid if it doesn't work. Right. Like, I I think everything is an experiment. Everything is a let's see what happens. So there's a cool chance that I did all that and we didn't get into Muir Woods and I just would have tried my hardest. But, you know, what what was the difference? Yeah. Yeah, You got to know when to stop digging, too. Right. There's like that balance of like, okay, this one. We're going to put this in the last column. Um, and, and that's key too, right? Like it's experiment. You got to find how this works for you, where you're comfortable yeah. at maybe, you know, and, and realizing, I think this is something that, you know, I can't remind sellers enough. Like you can do everything right and you mm-hmm. still might lose the deal many yeah. times. So yeah. like, there's no, this is not like a silver bullet to get you to president's club. Like this is something mm-hmm. that with practice over time, you will become a better seller. Yeah. Just, be willing to try something and know it's going to feel awkward and that it's not going to be natural, but be willing to try anyway. And if it doesn't mm. work out, you, you still you still win. You still benefit because you tried it and you feel a little less terrified of trying it the next time. It's a, it's a win-win mm. either way. All right. So I've got to ask now, what are some mm. things that you are, that make you uncomfortable that you're, you know, practicing and flexing your muscle on? Oh, it's funny. I, there's a very clear line for me. I am not shy. I will ask anything of anyone until it turns combative. And then I am straight up non-confrontational. So if, Mm. you know, my, my way of asking for unreasonable requests is dipped in sugar, right? Like I always try Mm. to be sweet, 
a little funny, a little human, a little vulnerable, right? Like I, I mm-hmm. you know, hey, this would be really, really a huge help to me. Or, you know, I, I try to make a joke about it, right? But as soon mm-hmm. as I sense that someone is starting to feel angry or a little hostile, mm-hmm. there are times when I believe that if you are really in service of something that you can push through and past that and, and get back to where you need to be and, and centered again. But that's that's my edge. When I start to feel any resistance or hostility that feels like that a little negative energy is coming, I mm-hmm. I tend to go into people pleasing mode, which is my sort of you know default mode. And be like, oh, I'd rather you like me than me <laughs> than me you know, win this argument or close this deal. Um, so that's that's my edge. I continue to work on caring less about if someone is unhappy and trying to be mm. more, you know, get myself to where I want to go. Yeah, yeah, interesting. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. Uh, I could probably use a little work there too. I might go yeah. over the edge a little bit yeah. sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> and to be clear, I'm not tr- I'm not trying to piss people off. Like this is I my my style of sales is in service of others. I'm not trying to do that, but I think what I've learned over the years and I'm trying to embrace this idea is, you know, I can't remember who the one is that said it. I want to say it was like Dita Von Teese, that burlesque singer or somebody, but she says, you can be the juiciest, most ripe peach in the world. And there's still someone Mm. who doesn't like peaches. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I'm I'm not going to make everyone happy. The sooner you understand your, yeah, yeah, the sooner you can, realize you're not for everybody um mm-hmm. you're gonna save yourself a lot of stress <laughs> right and i'm still working on that i'll get there but still working on that yeah hannah thanks so much for coming back this was a of great course. conversation i loved learning a little bit more about your story and, and the awesome things what is new exciting in your world what uh, is going on? How can people connect with you? What are we going to include in the show notes for them? Oh, gosh, what's happening in my world? Everything. So um, look out for my TED Talk. That's that's the TEDx. I have to be specific. It's not TED. It's TEDx. TEDx Talk, um, hopefully coming within the year. I actually, the Sales Copy Clinic, my sales messaging program, I finally have made a digital uh, online self-paced course for that. And so if anyone mm. is trying to improve the message they put out into the world, I do have a free guide. So that's at uh, salescopyclinic.com forward slash guide if they are looking to be more effective in their messaging. And outside of that, you know, if, if anyone's looking for speaking workshops, I love sales psychology. So that's been keeping me really busy. I, I love to talk about what makes people tick. And so anyone who shares that interest, let's trade notes, let's trade book recommendations. I'd love to chat. Awesome. We will drop those links in the show notes for everyone. Thanks again for coming on. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please write us a review, share the show with your friends. It really does help us out. And as always, we are listening for your feedback. Hey, you stuck around. That tells me you're serious about your own sales transformation. If you're tired of doing things the old way and want to get started in your journey with other people on the same path, head over to salescast.community and crush your numbers on your leaderboard. Yeah, it's free. Salescast.community. Send me a DM with your best pitch and mention this ad, and I might even give you free access to our best templates.